Over the Wall podcast coming at you with a special LSU baseball edition. I've always been a big LSU baseball fan. I'm an LSU fan altogether, but baseball, you know, special place in my heart. Went to games growing up uh, with my parents, my brother. Um, just was always a really, really big fan, always enjoying going to the box. So um, it's an exciting time. I know football season's over. People love football, but I'm a big Tiger baseball fan. And, you know, when February gets here, you can smell the grass and, you know, the baseball diamond. It brings back those memories. Um, so we're going to give you a little preview of the season. And we're two weeks now in the books. So that will kind of be our preseason outlook because it's a little different than football. Where football, um, there's so much content going on year-round that you have a lot of info to go off of. Um, it's very well publicized. Whereas in baseball, it's not as publicized. Baseball is very regional sport collegiately. Um, obviously, in Louisiana, it's big, UL, LSU, um, you know, other schools that get really big crowds. It's not like that all over the country, um, but obviously down here it's big. But like I said, not very well publicized, so we don't have a ton of info to go off of. But two weeks now in the books, um, LSU started off with Indiana. Indiana won the Big Ten last year. Um, so you're talking about a, a quality team. They made a regional and they lost, I think they said, 10 draft picks from last year, which is pretty damn good for a Big Ten team, for a Northern school, that is. Um, but LSU takes two out of three. They win the Friday night, they win the Saturday, but they lose the Sunday. Um, pitching it has high expectations going to this year. Got a lot of guys coming back. Arm care is going to be a big, big topic because a lot of guys were getting hurt last year. But um, pitching was fine. Um, not, not amazing, but, but good enough. The bats were pretty good the first couple of days, cooled off on Sunday, and that was kind of the demise of the loss. Um, then on Tuesday, I believe, they had Southern at home, crushed them, um, hit the ball well. Then they go to Nichols. Uh, they play in Thibodeau. Um, kind of weird they, they travel on, on games like that, but every now and then LSU will do a solid for one of these little schools, and they'll go there, and so that will kind of like you know boost revenue for the school, get a big crowd. Um, and obviously, it's Nichols and any team of that nature in the state. That's their biggest game of the year. And LSU didn't show up offensively. Um, pitched well enough. I think the final score was 4-2, to two, but just did not hit the ball. There was a lefty on the mound for Nichols uh, and, and just kind of threw him off. And that kind of, you know, ran into the weekend. Um, Friday, they ended up losing 2-0. Um, just pitching was fine, like I said, uh, but just the bats did not show up once again. Which, which kind of leads to everybody panicking, like, you know, you always see. Um, and then Saturday, you know, they're playing the – well, they won Friday. It was Eastern Kentucky. Not a great program, but like I said, they took the L on Friday night. Then Saturday, they were up 2 nothing, and then in the bottom of the eighth, they had a little rally, ended up winning 6 nothing. Um, and then today, Sunday, they absolutely crushed them, hammered them 10-2. So they handled up on the, you know, what they should do. So, you know, a big topic over the past couple of days, um, you know, is the offense. And, and what happens in baseball, and especially with LSU, is that we get so used to football, right? Because most people watching are football fans. And football, there's, you know, 11, 12 games a year. So there's very small sample size. So each game matters. You know, each game's life or death. It's not like that in baseball. I believe in college, there's 56 games. So, in baseball, once again, offensively especially, it's a game of failure. It, 
you can't go out there and just crush the ball, you know, every outing. And especially early on in the year, um, hitting is timing and rhythm. And, you know, starting out in the year, it takes time to get acclimated to the game. Um, pitching is going to dominate early on. And I'm not remotely worried about the bats. I don't think it's going to be a tremendous offensive team this year. I think there are some holes in the lineup, um, but they're just going to they're going to be fine. And people panic early on about certain things, and it's fire the coach. What's going on with the hitting coach? He doesn't know what he's doing. Look, the hitting coach can only do so much, right? This isn't the offensive coordinator where he's in their headset, you know, calling pitches. You know, here's a curveball, here's a fastball away. You know, all that stuff. It, he could put you in the right position, maybe the right frame of mind, but there's only so much you can do to help a kid go out there and hit because ultimately it's on him. He has to get the job done. And some of these guys will. They have a lot of veteran guys out there, and we'll talk about the guys in the lineup, um, and we'll break some of that down in a little bit. Ultimately, this team is, you know, the success of this team is going to be based off of their pitching, which I think is extremely strong. And once again, we'll get to that aspect of the team. Um I do have high expectations for this year's team. And it's weird because nationally they aren't rated very high. You see a lot of polls where they're 11, maybe 12. Um, not as high as usual. But remember, baseball is a different sport. Um, the prognosticators, they, like I said, they don't have a ton of info to go off of. Um, last year, LSU was unanimous number one. Everybody loved LSU, and it just didn't pan out. Now, they had a good year. They made it to the Super Regionals, but ultimately lost to Florida State. But that wasn't the number one team in the country throughout the season. So, you know, don't don't really, like, that's, like the, that's not the holy grail of everything, um, these rankings. So, let's dive into it. We're going to dive into um, just the pitching, and then we'll do position players, and then I'll kind of give you my outlook for the season. Strength of the team is going to be the pitching. The rotation is going to be really solid. Bullpen is going to be very, very good. If you can remember last year, the downfall of the team um, was pitching. I mean, everybody fell apart. There was injury after injury after injury. And that was to the demise of the team. Now, they overcame it, made it to the Super Regionals. Um, like I said, they lost to Florida State. But that was just such a huge issue last year. I mean, you had guy after guy after guy getting hurt, had to sit out. Um, and so it seems like they did a lot of you know, changes and um, improvements to arm care in the offseason. I think they all wore sleeves um, with monitors on them. I don't know the exact science of it, but... They were, they were monitoring their arms very closely, and they already have a plan for guys like Jaden Hill and others going into the year as far as, you know, innings pitched and, you know, things of that nature just to make sure they're fresh, you know, going into the season and ahead. Um, starting rotation is going to be very, very strong. You have Cole Henry as your Friday night guy. He's going to be a first-rounder. He's a draft-eligible sophomore, and he's really, really good. Um, the SEC this year is loaded with top-end pitching. I'd have to say he's probably in the top five, somewhere around there. He's really, really good, um, and he'll be a solid Friday night guy for you. And your Saturday guy is going to be Landon Marceau. Marceau is a guy who passed up on a ton of money you know, coming out of high school, out of Destrehan. Um, he had a good year last year, but it wasn't to everybody's expectations. You, know, you heard a lot of people talking in the fall of last year, the fall of 18, about how good he was going to be. He kind of reminded them. Some people of Aaron Nola, which is like very, very lofty expectations. 
to put on somebody. So, like I said, he had he, he had his bright moments and his downfalls, but he's been pitching really, really well of late. I expect a lot out of him. He's very talented, very, very talented. He's a strike thrower. He's always around the plate, um, and, and I think he's going to be very, very effective this year in that Saturday role. And your Sunday guy is A.J. Labus. A.J. Labus this is his third year at LSU, and once again, this is a guy who passed up on money out of high school. I believe he got drafted in the 18th round. He's a kid out of Florida. Um and so he battled some arm injuries. Uh, his first year at LSU in, I believe it was 18, you know, had some arm issues, pitched through it. Ultimately, in the postseason, he couldn't pitch. Uh, they had to shut him down. But he had some high moments. Um, then in, in last year's season, he was just shut down for the whole year. Back this year, fully healthy, and you can see it paid dividends. I mean, he's really, really good. And for him to be your Sunday guy, it's very, very impressive. Uh, like I said, overall for the rotation, they're going to be solid. That's going to be a that's going to be the strength of the team is the pitching staff. Very good. Now it's not just the rotation that's great. You can throw arm after arm after arm from that bullpen. There's so many guys to choose from. You have Devin Fontenot as your closer, who was lights out last year. Mikael Hilliard, um, who is now a junior, was a starter as a freshman. It was really really good. He's a great curveball. I mean, he could be a good setup guy for you. The real, real, really the, the guy who I look at who is the wild card, and he is an absolute stud. I mean, if healthy and, and he can come along well um, from the injury last year, is Jaden Hill. I mean, this is a guy who could very well be your best pitcher. I mean, he's nasty. He's a guy who could sit at 95 miles an hour, um, you know, really good all-speed stuff, very, very talented. And like I said, a lot of injuries last year. Um, he got shut down. He basically only threw two games, shut him down. But you can tell, I mean, he has it. He's really, really good. Um, and then obviously just, you know, a ton of other guys out there who are really good. Um, Nick Storrs is somebody. It's a kid from New York, 6'6", righty, who people talked about a lot. I don't expect too much out of him. Um, you know, he's just been injury-riddled his whole career at LSU talented but when I watch him he seems very stiff um, and I don't, I don't know what to expect from him so uh, like I said I'm not expecting a ton of things like other people but once again the bullpen is going to be strong because you can just throw out so many arms the downfall is they really only have one lefty in Brandon Kaminer um, he's a newcomer he might be a Juco kid I didn't really check on him but I think he might be Juco um, He's pretty good, good curveball, but, but once again, that could be the downfall. Remember last year, they had no lefties, <laughs> no lefty pitchers at all. Uh, you don't ever hear anything like that, but so hopefully it works out. But that's going to be a strength of the team this year is pitching. Don't be shocked if Jaden Hill, um, around SEC play or midway through the year, gets in that rotation because he is lights out. He's really, really good. But, but once again, the starting pitching and bullpen is going to be a strength of the team. And, and I believe I, there are some really, really good pitchers, um, top-end pitchers, Friday night guys in the SEC, um, that may be better than you know Cole Henry. I know Georgia you know, has a guy, A&M, um, a couple other teams. Vandy's going to have a guy. But as a whole, I'll put LSU up against any of these teams in the SEC. So let's get into the position players. Like I said earlier, um, the bats have been a little cold to start the year. Now today they put up 10 runs on the board. They're going to they're gonna be just fine. Like I said, baseball, 
offensively, if you're hitting 300, you're having a good year. That means you're failing 70% of the time. Baseball's a different game. And so I'll take my guys being cold early in the year and just heating up, you know, midway to late in the year. Um, Paul Maneri has always got his teams ready to go when, you know, when the games mean a lot. So people panicking early on in the year, maybe they lose to Eastern Kentucky or Indiana or Nichols, whatever. It's going to happen. Teams could lose midweek games. I don't like LSU in the past losing a ton of games midweek. Um, you know, I just don't think that. I think you go out there to win every game. It just seems like sometimes they're they're not you know putting forth that effort. But like I said, he always gets them in the right spot um, to succeed in June. So let's start off behind the plate. Um, Saul Garza, who ended up being the starting catcher last year at the end of the year, um, he had lofty expectations last year, but struggled offensively early in the year, which was his his forte. He was a, a guy who's going to be a big power guy for you to line up. But struggled, but came on strong at the end of the year. And he is a, a draft guy. He's a top five-round guy, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not a scout or anything, but I see him as major league potential. Um, pretty good behind the plate uh, as a backstop. And then offensively, he's really, really good. Has power and can just flat-out hit. He's going to be your four-hole. Um, and so he might not be hot right now, but he will come on strong. I mean, this kid can hit the ball. He showed last year, um, late in the year, that he can. Then you get Alex Malazzo. He's a freshman out of Zachary. Um, not too much talk about him, you know, I guess in the fall that I heard at least. But you kind of heard some rumblings in the preseason in January about how good defensively he was. So, you know, he had great pop time, good backstop. But – the thing I worried about, and once again, this isn't like football. We don't have a lot of footage or anything of that nature to go off of. But I didn't know how good of a hitter he was. Maybe he was just a guy who was great at defense. Um, but he's been very, very impressive. He's not, you know, I guess overly talented at the plate. He's not imposing. He's not a huge kid. But he's very, very solid. He has good at-bats. Um, and he's been hitting the ball well. And, and me personally, I, I think he'll be the starting catch for LSU from here on out. He's just very, very solid. And he's great defensively, as advertised. Great pop time. You know, could block balls in the dirt. He's very, very good. Um, first base is Beloso, K. Beloso. He was your starting first baseman last year. Lefty, you know, Jim Tomey lookalike. Um, he's going to be solid for you. He's going to hit the ball well. You know, I don't know the upside of him. I don't know if he's this big-time major league guy, but but as far as the college game, he'll be very, very solid for you. Kind of like maybe not as good as a Blake Dean because Blake Dean had a great career at LSU, but somewhat reminiscent to where I think he'll be a guy who's have a, re- a left-handed hitter, first baseman, who will have a solid, solid career for you at LSU. Um, then you go to second base, and that is where they're starting to have issues. We've talked about it offensively that, you know, there's going to be some holes in the lineup. Now, Kay Doty, who's a freshman out of Denver Springs, passed up on the draft. I mean, he was an Under Armour All-American, you know, big-time recruit. Lucky to have him on campus. First at bat against Indiana. His first at bat at LSU goes deep to left, um, but kind of cooled off since then. Look, he, he can play. Um, they've, they've benched him the past couple games, and he wasn't hitting and gave you know, other guys chances. He's going to play. He'll be just fine. Um, he's a freshman and going through some growing pains, but – He'll be in the lineup and playing a ton. Um, he's going to be very, very solid for you. You know, you see a lot of these guys come on who are, uh, you know, they pass up on the draft, you know, like Bregman passed up, Cabrera, and they have lofty expectations. 
I expect a lot out of him. I don't think, obviously, nobody will ever be Alex Bregman good. Um, but I do think he'll have a solid, solid career at LSU. He's talented. Um, need to see a little more out of him defensively. Um, and once again, I think the bat's, bat's going to be there. So he'll be solid for you if he, stay, if he sticks at second. Um, and then let's move over to shortstop, where I think is the biggest hole. Um, and how Hughes has been their starter. He, he's a guy who really can't even hit over 200. That's the issue. Defensively, he's fine. I mean, they keep bragging about the defense. He's fine defensively. He's good. He's the best you have. And that's the problem, is that, that he's the best you have. There's no other solution there, which is a, that's your fault in recruiting. It's not going to be, well, you're playing the wrong guy or what's going on. It's, that's a recruiting issue that, that shouldn't happen where a shortstop, which is a premium position for any, any baseball team, you know, yeah, you got a guy who can pick it, but you got to be able to swing the stick, you know, and, and he can't. I mean, he just is what it is. He's, you know, 180 hitter. That's what he is. They've tried, you know, uh, third baseman Zach Mathis, who is a uh, Juco transfer out of California, you know, short, stocky guy, uh, lefty who could swing it really good. Um, don't know if he could pick it at short. Obviously, he can't pick it as well as Hal Hughes. Um, so that that's the issue. That's the dilemma is you really don't have an answer at shortstop. Yes, you have an answer defensively, but but it's going to be a hole with the bat. You know, Maybe you stick with Hughes and just settle for a guy hitting 180 in a 9-hole. I don't know. Um, but like I said, Mathis at third is a guy who could swing it for you. He's going to be really, really good. Um, probably a guy who hit in the 300s, hit you some homers. So uh, I think that, that position is pretty solidified. Then you go to the outfield. Um, in left, uh, Drew Bianco, who is the son of Mike Bianco, the head coach at Ole Miss, is a sophomore at LSU. Um, you know, I always thought he has potential, and he's showing a couple of glimpses of a you know, good play out there in the outfit. He made a really good play today against uh, Eastern Kentucky, which I didn't think he could do. I didn't think he'd be very, very impressive in the outfield, but, but he's coming on a little bit. Um, he can hit, but the problem is he strikes out a lot. And this is the second year in a row where he started off cold. So I don't know how long they'll stick with him. Like I said, I think he can hit. It's just, it's streaky. And once again, just like last year, he's starting off ice cold, and uh, which isn't a good sign for him. So hopefully he can pick it up a little bit. And then we'll move to center field um, where it, this is very, very intriguing because Maurice Hampton, who's a safety on the football team, he's, a guy, he's another guy who we talked about, Kate Doty. Um, we talked about a couple pitchers, you know, passing up on the draft out of high school, and he did. I mean, he was going to be a bona fide first-rounder, period. He was a guy who made the Under Armour All-American football and baseball game. I mean, that is impressive. Kyler Murray might be the only other guy who did that. That is extremely impressive. Um, and so he passes up on the Major League Draft because he wanted to go to LSU. Um, he wins the National Championship of football and actually came on strong at the end of the year in football. Um, I can remember Arkansas games when he got his first start. Um, hard-hitting safety, not a like, overly big guy, but good player fellow shoe. Um, didn't start off the year in center um, because, once again, all these guys have been playing in fall. He hasn't been even playing football, so it takes a little time to get acclimated. They started putting him into the lineup, and he looked rusty at first. But the past couple starts, he's hitting the ball well, looks good defensively, and LSU, it's a two-way street with this. LSU owes themselves. To, to play him in the lineup, to, to keep him in there for a couple weeks, or if not more, he has a ton of potential. So you owe it to yourself to see that potential. Because if you just say, well, he's not you know, hitting well right now, 
because he hadn't got the reps, you're doing yourself injustice because he's very talented. You have to see this through. Plus, with spring football around the corner, you know, I don't know what they have in, you know, what the plans are because I can remember when they'd have Chad Jones and Jared Mitchell that, that sometimes they would take a month off and go to spring football practice, which would totally throw you out of the baseball loop. So that's going to be interesting to see. So maybe if he is your starting center fielder and you're doing pretty damn good, which I think the Tigers will um, in SEC play, maybe he sticks with the baseball team and doesn't go to spring practice. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see it play out. And also, it's a big decision you know, coming up for Maurice Hampton. I personally think, once again, I'm not, I'm not an NFL scout, I'm not a Major League Baseball scout, but I, I personally think his future will be in baseball. I see him as a really solid football player, but I don't see the upside to where he's some first-round pick or a Jamal Adams or a Grant Delpit-type player. I think he's going to be very solid. He reminds me of like a, uh, a Brandon Taylor years back, just a solid guy, might have a cup of coffee in the NFL, you never know. But once again, I think he's more of a baseball guy. I mean, he was going to be a first-round draft pick coming out of high school. So I think it's a tough decision for him. You know, these next two years are going to be big. Can he continue to keep playing both sports, or should he maximize himself and just play, you know, baseball? Um, We're going to see, and I think this season is going to tell you a lot uh, of what, you know, his career is going to show you. Do they keep him in the lineup? And I think they will. I mean, he's coming on strong. Um, The guy who everybody thought would start was Giovanni DiGiacomo. Pretty good year last year. He's a sophomore this year, but um, struggling so far. He's not very imposing. Um, You know, taller, skinnier kid. Doesn't hit for power. Good athlete, not great athlete. So I think it's Hampton's job to lose from here on out. And then in right field, Daniel Cabrera, who's going to be your stud. Um, They've batted him in the leadoff. They've batted him in a two-hole. They've batted him in a three-hole. Look, he's just a very, very solid hitter, all-SEC-type guy. Possible first-rounder, we'll see. I, I don't know the, how high his upside is because I don't know how great of an athlete he is compared to you know guys that I've seen in the past, like an Andrew Stevenson who's playing for the Nationals now. You know, uh, Defensively, I think he's good. I don't think he's you know, phenomenal. Um, but I think his bat is very, very good. Now, once again, I don't think his bat is phenomenal. He's not you know, a 20-homer guy. He's a guy who could hit you high average, drive in some runs. Um, but obviously, he's played on Team USA. He's played in Cape Cod League. So scouts think very highly of him. So very, very solid player for LSU. Probably is going to be in the three-hole with your best hitter. And I think he's going to have a very, very productive season for the Tigers. So that would probably be the outlook for the offense going into the year. Um, I don't think it's going to be the strength. As we talked about, the pitching is going to be the strength of this baseball team. But I do think they'll be good enough, and you'll see guys like Cabrera, Garza, guys who've played already, who are going to you know, have really, really good years. I think Mathis is going to have a good year for you. I, I do think even though Doty's struggling now, he'll come on strong. Um, it, it takes time. Baseball's a long year, and it takes time to get adjusted from high school pitching to Division One college pitching. Doty's going to get adjusted. He's going to be just fine. Beloso is going to be solid for you all year round. He will be. I, I truly believe Maurice Hampton is going gonna, is gonna to come on strong. He's going to lock down that center field position. And you're going to see, um, because once again, like I said, it takes reps, it takes time. I think by April, you'll start to see it pay dividends. And I think he's going to be a very productive player for LSU. And I can't wait to see what he can do. I mean, if scouts thought he was that good, I, I can't wait to see how his you know, career turns out at LSU on the baseball diamond. So that's the offensive outlook. And, you know, once again, not the strength of the team, but I, I think they'll be just fine. 
So what would it be if we didn't make predictions, right? We'd just be talking a bunch of noise. Everybody wants to hear what the Tigers are going to do. Whether it's right, whether it's wrong, we'll see. My predictions for them, remember last year they went 17-13 and 13 in SEC play. And the magic number for them to host a regional is 17-18 wins um, in conference to get a national seed, which is a top eight seed, which pretty much guarantees you home field throughout the, to the College World Series. Um, you need People say go 20-10 and 10 in conference play, which they've done before. I think they'll do better than 17-13, and 13, which they did last year. They'll be a better team. I think they'll win 19 to 20 games. I really, really do. I think, you know, when it, when it comes to SEC play, the pitching, the starting rotation, and the bullpen is going to carry them. I think they'll put enough runs on the board. They're not going to be a, a great offense, but they'll be good enough because I just think that starting pitching is going to be really good. With Cole Henry, watch out for Jaden Hill. Watch to see what he does throughout the year. He's the X factor. But once again, Fontenot in the back end is going to be lights out for you as a closer. So I think 19-11, 20-10 is kind of what I predict as far as SEC play. I think um, I don't think they win the SEC because SEC's got really, really good teams. But you got Vanderbilt, Florida, Georgia, you know, A&M's good. So a lot, a lot of good baseball teams. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. The SEC is the best baseball conference um, in the country by far. I don't even think it's close. So tough conference. Maybe they don't win it, but I do think they get a national seed, a top eight seed. Um, and I do think they make it to Omaha, which, you know, they hadn't been there in two years. And for LSU, that's a lifetime. I think there's a lot of pressure on Palmineri to get there. Um, and he, I, I, he always pushes the right buttons. If everybody stays healthy, he'll push the right buttons. They'll, they'll make a run. They'll get to Omaha. And, you know, when you get there, anything goes. It's not like it used to be, you know, 20 years ago. Um, the game has changed. And, you know, they can make a run for it. Now, do I think they win a national championship? Yeah, probably not. I mean, that's, that's lofty expectations. But my expectation for the Tigers is I'll say 19-11 in conference play, get a national seed, and make it to Omaha. And like I said, from there, who knows? So that's your season outlook, and we'll see how it goes.